It looks like some of the left-wing media sites are getting a little fed up with the Biden administration. In other words, it's looking like the honeymoon might be over. Facebook bans Donald Trump for two more years. And the Biden administration does something that has never been done before. Showing the tyranny of this administration. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Uh, for all those veterans out there, I don't know how many are actually left from World War II, but happy D-Day, and I mean happy D-Day. It is something we should celebrate, we should commemorate, because... It was our country doing the right thing and ending a fascistic tyranny. And a lot of people had to die because of it. And I really think that uh, it's important. I think it's up there with Pearl Harbor Day. I think it's up there with 9-11. D-Day needs to be celebrated, just like Memorial Day needs to be celebrated. You know, it'd be nice if we actually did our military uh, favor and instead of had having like gay pride month and black history month and feminism month or whatever it is you know we celebrate a month for the military and i i was in the military i was in for a short time i didn't i didn't get to complete my entire service but the reality is the guys who do they should be celebrated i'd love to see memorial day and veterans day and and D-Day and just everything is celebrated in one month and we do the same thing that we do with Black History Month and with Gay Pride Month well anyway that's 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 my two cents something that's important you know what I mean something that's important we'll never see that just like we won't see American History Month we won't see that because there are too many white people in American History Month so we can't have that don't forget, there was a movie, I can't remember the name of the movie, it was actually very good, it won an Oscar, um, about World War One, and the big complaint was, well, everyone in World War One. it was from a British soldier standpoint. I'm going to have to look it up later, I'll, I'll give it to you later, but from the soldier standpoint, not that the horrors of war and the deaths and the trauma that these soldiers had to live through. The big complaint about the movie was that they were all white people. Um, yeah, it was England in 1914. Of course, it was mostly white people. It, it, we just we lose focus on the important things. Anyway, yes, I, I'm going to start preaching sometimes. Uh, wait until we start talking about... Uh, Wait till we start talking about screens and our children, because I'm writing one now, and oh, you'll be hearing preaching there. So anyway, let's get back to the news. Uh, pretty slow news week uh, weekend. Uh, that's because Biden took off four days, decided to go back to Delaware to take a four-day vacation. Good for him. I have no problem with it. The President of the United States, you know, he can only stay up probably nine hours a day anyway, so take a weekend, recharge the batteries, and start up right at nine o'clock on Monday. But the honeymoon might be over for Bi for the left and the Biden administration. Uh, that's not Biden's fault as much, much as it's the left's fault for not understanding how like a two-party system works and how basic economics works. So it's Biden has to do what Biden has to do to make things work. I was going through Vox.com 
And boy, there's some articles that really take some pot shots at Biden indirectly because Fox is still a left wing rag and it still blames Republicans on everything. But the reality is this is not happening. Let's take a look at some of these articles. Uh, the first article, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through the entire article. I'm just going to read you the uh, I'm going to read you the article title and then tell you basically what the article is about. And you can see the left is, some of these leftists are beginning to realize a lot of their crap's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, one article was entitled, Progressive Groups Are Fed Up with Biden's Infrastructure Playbook. Okay, this complaint that Biden, the Biden administration is, quote, kowtowing, end quote, to the Republicans over his $2.4 trillion infrastructure bill. Now, the Republicans said they're not going to pass this bill. There is no way they're going to pass this bill. As a matter of fact, a couple of Democrats said uh, they're not going to pass that bill because it's just way too extreme. Uh, so Biden has been negotiating with the with the Republicans to see if he can get this bill, and he's actually gone down from two point four trillion to one trillion, and even or and uh, about. I want to say about 1.7 trillion. Excuse me, you didn't go that far. But even the and the Dem Republicans are kind of going up on it. And I complained about that last week. I would have said no. It's 300 billion because that's all that's about infrastructure in that bill. I don't know if you remember I said that. Um, but Biden is already cutting about a trillion dollars off that bill, uh, and it will not pass. It, uh, even even at a trillion cutoff, 1.4 trillion is what he's looking at right now. Even if that does go to the House or the Senate, there's it's very unlikely it will pass. Of course, Vox doesn't mention that Chris Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin both said they they don't want this bill to pass because. The United States actually doesn't have the money for that in the first place. They don't say anything about that in the article. They don't talk about like debt and fun stuff like that. They just talk about how Biden should somehow force this stuff through. They also don't talk about the massive tax increases that are going to be needed to take place if this bill is passed. And just like the massive tax they're going to need to raise for that COVID infrastructure, uh, that COVID bill they passed earlier, and the $6 trillion that they want to pass for the government budget, just to keep the government open. They don't talk about any of that. Contrary to what Joe Biden says, the tax increases are going to affect everyone. This is a consequence of raising taxes. Now, everyone keeps saying, well, the taxes are only going to affect people who earn $400,000 or more. And they're only going to infect affect corporations. Well, yeah, but if you tax a corporation which provides a service or a product, where do you think that money is going to come from? Where do you think that money is going to come from to actually pay that increase in corporate tax to 28%? It's going to come from the service that we buy or that product that we buy it's going to increase everything that's where that inflation thing comes from that no one seems to talk about remember this anytime there is a tax increase on anyone someone earning four hundred thousand dollars or more or a tax increase on a corporation 
that's going to get passed down to everybody. So raising taxes on corporations, and this has been proven left and right, any time taxes have been decreased for a corporation, not only do their products and services get used more often because they become cheaper, but people receive more. They're able to go out and spend more because they don't have to pay more for one specific product. Instead of buying two one widget because of the heavy tax, I can buy three widgets. This is something Democrats just don't understand. Well, the left is tired of this. Biden is negotiating. He knows he knows somewhat about economics. He knows that this is not going to play through. And he knows why. And he knows all the arguments. And the left is getting tired of it. They want Biden to actually push through this bill any way he can to get this, to get this running, to spend this money and tax these corporations. That's going to be a problem for him. Because Biden can't do that. Biden knows he's going to actually have to negotiate. And Biden is trying to negotiate. And let's face it, his infrastructure bill, 10%, 6%, actually deals with actual infrastructure. And I already told you, if I were a Republican in Congress, I'd have said I wouldn't pass this bill for anything. He he wants infrastructure. Well, it, $350 million billion go into infrastructure. That's what I'll approve, and that's it. And I think Republicans are being kind of wusses by not going in there and pushing that. Another article, uh, China extends reach in Hong Kong over the uh, Tiananmen Square massacre vigil. Okay, so what this is basic, what they're basically complaining about here is the Hong, Hong Kongers are celebrating the Tiananmen Square Massacre. I believe it was, I don't know, it was the 40th anniversary, 50th anniversary. I can't remember when that massacre app happened. I was just a kid when it happened. And China, who has quietly taken over Hong Kong, for some reason no one talks about the fact that the communist China has actually gone into Hong Kong and suppressed them completely. Okay. They've decided, and they have made protesting illegal in Hong Kong. This protest that they're actually having in Hong Kong is illegal. People are being arrested. And so suddenly, Vox.com, which, by the way, is really for China and for their tyranny, for communism. I mean, they're apologizing to China every 15 minutes. The left is, anyway. They're saying, oh, that's so wrong, this is so wrong, we can't believe they're doing it. What are you talking about? They have been suppressing Hong Kong for the last year and a half. Now you're beginning to realize that these people are protesting out there and the Chinese government is walking in and, and beating the crap out of people and arresting them? I, you talk about police brutality. Hey, def China should defund their police. Because they're actually preventing them from doing anything. So, wow, Vox.com has just realized, oh my God, there are actually problems in the world outside of Donald Trump. In the third article, California mandated masks, Florida opens its restaurant. Did any of it matter? Well, I'll give you a little hint. Vox figured, well, it didn't look like anything really made any difference. 
Okay, so their effect, they, they are discussing in this article the effectiveness of mask mandates, mandates and the shutting down of the economy, which, by the way, everybody was talking about back in March when they did it. We're talking, you know, this, this 14 days to calm the curve down or whatever it was ended up a year and a half. California, um, deaths and infections have been actually hitting states that had the most deaths and infections. That's kind of interesting. So New York, California, Michigan, New Jersey, these states shut completely down. And yet Florida, which has been open since, I think, September, maybe August, or uh, my understanding, they may never have even closed is right down in the middle. They're 27th, 28th, 29th in infections and deaths. Texas, same thing. They're not even in the top 10. So that's what Vox is actually questioning. Well, here's a newsflash. Did mask mandates and, and closing of businesses actually improve anything? No, it didn't. Of course it didn't. And we're beginning to see things like Dr. Fauci He's beginning to come out and say, well, maybe these masks thing, masks are theater. He is saying this, by the way. Um, maybe closing down. Now, you can't blame Dr. Fauci. I'm going to give him a break. We really knew, didn't know anything about this virus. That's Dr. Fauci's fault because he didn't want to know anything about this virus. And what he did know, he did not want to tell anybody. So there's where Dr. Fauci's got a problem. But, I, you know, we knew last year that there were no problems. Do you know why? The numbers showed that. Florida never closed and they were ranked in the middle of infections. New York completely closed with full mass mandates. Second highest infection and death rate in the country. Florida, number 30 or so in deaths and infections, also had the oldest population. And California, youngest in the country, had top 10 deaths and infections. You see the problem there? We already knew this last year that closing this stuff down probably wasn't a great idea. By the way, California has adjusted their COVID death statistics by 25%. Just a little off note. This came out today. Because they found that a lot of COVID deaths weren't actually COVID deaths. Somebody had COVID, got into a car accident, and instead of saying he died of internal injuries through a car accident, they determined he died of COVID. We've been talking about that for a year, I think, haven't we? We've been talking about this, this 560,000 dead in the United States. Guess what? There weren't 560,000 deaths. And if now, I, I think 25% is actually a very conservative, is a very conservative figure. I'd like to see what the rest of the country is like. Very interesting stuff here. Uh, we're, we're, we're finding some things out. Anyway, here's the thing. The media can't hide from common sense and reality forever. Numbers are numbers. Numbers are objective. They're not subjective. We can see patterns, 
and we can make determinations based off those patterns. And the BS that they've been saying for the last year and a half is more like, well, BS. And we're all beginning to see it now. And people are stopping to listen. Look at the ratings for CNN and MSNBC, two of the most left-leaning new legacy news organizations on the planet. People are tired of hearing their garbage, especially since they continue to talk about Trump and how everything is his fault six months after he has been he has left office. Blaming Trump is getting old. Finding excuses is getting old. And then the reality is a lot of these folks are actually ignoring all the problems that are happening today. Be prepared for the media to be a little bit more honest about what's going on in the country because that's how they're getting paid and they're going to figure, okay, we're going to need to do something here because we're just getting killed. So, I, and that, I, I got news to you, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, the next story is uh, Facebook has just announced that they're going to ban Donald Trump from its platform for two years. Then, after two years, they're going to review the case again and make a determination. Now, I, I'm wild and crazy. I don't know how January 6th is going to change two years from now. I don't know why they just don't call it a per permanent ban. It sounds like it is a permanent ban, but they were told by their own board they really shouldn't, can't permanently ban Trump. So what we'll do is we'll just give it two years. Um, so it, it's garbage. It is a permanent ban. Now, what's convenient about this ban is that it will go right up to the 2022 election before they have to make a reevaluation to allow Trump. And that's when Trump is going to be the most vocal. I suspect they'll reinstitute the ban in two years so that it goes right through the 2022 election, which the Democrats are going to get their butts kicked in. And then uh, they'll do it again after a year or two years, if they give him, just to make sure during the 2024 election, he's muffled again. Because there's a pretty good chance that he might run. Because Trump, even though I don't want Trump to run, he is pretty arrogant about this whole thing. Here's the thing. I think this is all going to backfire. Twitter and Facebook are already suffering the consequences of banning Trump. They, hey, from a guy who's a Twitter guy, I'm not a Facebook guy, but who's a Twitter guy, Twitter's boring. I, I don't even look at it every day anymore. I don't even bother. I don't even care. I read it mostly for some of the news stories that usually come out on Twitter before they end up on, on uh, legacy media. There is a huge scrutiny of censorship and the bias of conservatives from these platforms. And it's not just that. It's showing liberal Democrats and independents, how biased they are. All this stuff is going to come back. It's going to come back to them. People are just going to sit there and say, uh, yeah, I don't believe what they're saying simply because I already see what they're doing with people who don't agree with them. They're also, <coughs> all of these platforms are suffering from huge losses and a, uh, financial losses, advertising losses, and a drop in stock prices. If you go on Twitter today, they have ads left and right as you scroll down. That's what's making Twitter almost unbearable, 
is how many ads they have there. And the reason is they, they're the same ads over and over and over again. You know, people who are actually putting in ads, they're getting discounts. So they're just throwing more ads out there. So they're getting kind of just desperate when it comes to advertising. And that's because they're advertising. I believe I had read somewhere, uh, I believe Daily Wire or it might have been Fox News, but they've dropped 40% in advertising. That That's insane. Twitter is not as strong as Facebook. Facebook is extremely financially viable. Twitter's not so much. So dropping that much in viewership, dropping that much in advertising, that could kill them. But where this is going to really kill social media is tr if Trump decides to run again. And he will probably win. He will be running on the same pat uh, platform he did in 2016. He's an outsider looking in. And and he must destroy the swamp. And it's the swamp run by the left that banished him from social media. And he can't speak. He is being censored. And they're censoring Donald Trump. because Not because they hate him. Because they hate you. This is going to be his message. And he's, this time, unlike 2016... He actually has evidence of it. Okay, but this is this is a story. This just came up um, <laughs> last night. Just to show the irony of this whole thing. This week, Nigeria, in order to combat false information for their upcoming elections, banned Twitter. Twitter released the following statement. I talk about tone deaf. Quote, we are deeply concerned by the blocking of Twitter in Nigeria. Access to the free and hashtag open internet is an essential human right in modern society. We will work to restore access for all those in Nigeria who rely on Twitter to communicate and connect with the world. Hashtag keep it, keep it on. This is a, com this is a company that banned the President of the United States because of mean tweets. And now they're saying, oh, well, now a country has banned them. Which, by the way, I don't agree with either. I, I personally think Nigeria should allow social... I believe in free speech. But just the tone deafness to make that statement after Twitter has been banned... They've already fully banned Donald Trump. They've banned Kaylee McEnany. They've banned um, Tulsi Gabbard. They've banned Ted Cruz. They've suspended. I mean, suspended. They have suspended just about every. I've been suspended. There has. They have suspended just about every conservative voice out there. They never suspend liberal voices. The Ayatollah Khomeini uh, is still on Twitter. You know, the guy who says destroy Israel? So, uh, there's there's some tone deafness. If, if that doesn't tell you that we need to really be careful with social media, or you should take social media, anything said on social media with a grain of salt, then I don't know what will. All right, yeah, I'm fire today. I've got so many stories, I'm probably not going to get to all the stories. Let me take a look at this. All right, no, we're going to do this story and we're probably going to be done. And this is one of the main stories today.
And this story, no one's really talking about, which is a shock. And they should talk about it. That's because there's some pretty serious First Amendment rights issues here. Uh, when Trump was president, there was a concern about leaks of national security data. Uh, national security data was being leaked to mostly the New York Times. And this stuff was published. And the Trump administration was like, okay, where are these leaks coming from? So they subpoenaed Google. The New York Times is, was pri the primary target. The New York Times has their email accounts uh, hosted by Google. So uh, the Trump administration subpoenaed Google, and Google said no, and the whole thing continued in the courts. Now, I don't blame Google for saying no. This is a free speech thing. This is a free press thing, and it's a privacy thing. But there were a lot of personal and private information, such as Trump's tax records somehow got through to MSNBC, and a lot of classified data and classified meetings were also being sent to the New York Times. Eventually, we found out it came from the FBI, it came from the CIA, uh, none of it really came to anything. Well, the Biden administration has decided to continue the policies, probably the only policy that Donald Trump set up. Um, that Biden decided to keep. And by the way, let's not forget, uh, Obama did this too. But Obama went a step further. We'll get that. But Biden, went a, Biden, like Obama, went a step further. He had the Department of Justice put a gag order on the New York Times so they could not mention the email requests. This is huge. Whenever the Trump administration demanded information, the media reported it as Trump destroying the Constitution and the freedom of the press. That's every time. you, If you were somewhat sentient during the Trump administration, the press said this all the time. But Trump administration never told the DOJ to prevent the New York Times or anybody else from reporting that he was looking for information. What's worse, when asked if the administration was doing this, Biden said that the story was absolutely positively wrong, and I quote, I will not let that happen. That's what he said. Well, so much for transparency. The New York Times said that this was unprecedented, that they were being told not to report something. Newsflash, it wasn't. Obama had Fox reporters jailed for not releasing their sources. Obama weaponized, not only weaponized the DOJ, but he also weaponized the IRS. This is completely precedented. It's happened before. I personally, I'm not even surprised by it. I'm surprised that it took him five months to do that. This is nothing new. Democrats, they will go after anyone to protect themselves. What I'm surprised by is the reaction of the New York Times. Unprecedented? Really? Do you guys remember anything about the Obama administration? I think the only thing that's unprecedented is that it happened to a leftist rag like the New York Times. I'm surprised the New York Post didn't get nailed on this whole thing. 
But remember, no one is immune to this level of tyranny. No one is immune to cancel culture. They may go after the Daily Wire. They may go after the Blaze. They may go after the Blaze. They may go after the New York Post. They're doing that now. But in the long run, they may go after Fox News. Look at what CNN is doing, just trying to kill Fox News. But remember, once they go after, once they're finished going after one source of content, they'll go after the rest. They're going to go after anybody that goes against the administration. This is what they do. This is how tyrannies rise. This is how tyrannies gain power. Okay, well, I, I lied. I am going to do this fourth story. I think this is a big story, actually, and I'm really surprised no one's talking about it. El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele, I hope I pronounced that right, I doubt it, said on Saturday that he is going to send a bill to the Congress of El Salvador to make Bitcoin legal tender in Central America, in the Central American nation, saying it has the potential to help Salvadorians living abroad send remittances home. Now, what does that mean? Remittances, if you are a Hispanics, the entire Latin America, very family-oriented, and what's very common is someone will come to the United States, either illegally or legally, and they will send money, they will work, and they will send money back home. That's a remittance. And basically, in Mexico, besides drugs, human trafficking, and I mean human trafficking for workers, is the actually what really brings in a lot of their economy. El Salvador, more so. So, what they have, what they are using right now, is an application that allows you to send Bitcoin electronically to El Salvador. They, El Salvador actually has a phone app for this. This is a big move. And if it can be pulled off, expect other third world countries to do the same thing. I'm not sure if Mexico can pull this off because of their huge cartel problem. But I bet they do. They'd give it a shot to see it when they see what happens with El Salvador. Now, there are some huge advantages to Bitcoin, okay? It's immune to inflation because it is not a government currency. It's immune to criminal enterprises. In other words, law enforcement. I'm sorry, it's not immune to criminal enterprises. It's immune to law enforcement because it's untraceable. It's immune to taxes because it's not a governor, government currency. Uh, it's not a government currency. It's untraceable, which is the same as it's immune to law enforcement, and Bitcoin doesn't involve banks. The article I read this from, which was the uh, Epic Times, basically says that 90% of the people in El Salvador don't have a bank account. So sending money from the United States to El Salvador can be kind of difficult because you can't send a check because, and you're never supposed to send cash. Because no one has a bank account. You don't need... Uh, North Korea is thought to be financing their entire government by mining Bitcoin. Now, I don't know what mining Bitcoin is. I've, I've read a little bit about it. I'm not a big Bitcoin fan because I think it's extremely... That's part of the negatives. It's extremely unstable. When Elon Musk can send a tweet out and the currency can either crash or boom based off his tweet, I have trouble taking this currency seriously but for third world countries 
whose currency isn't worth anything already, um, the risk is worth it. it. Mexico, for example, I believe in my lifetime has changed their currency, the peso, twice to try and make it even and to make it um, to get rid of the inflation. Um, very interesting how this is going to work. Since most economies in Latin America depend on immigrants and remittance, inflation in those countries is really kind of irrelevant because they already are inflated. And inflation in those source countries, like the United States, is irrelevant because Bitcoin is immune to that inflation. So yes, it is risky to do something like that because Bitcoin... Bitcoin, last I heard, is like 30 grand a Bitcoin, and then it dropped to 8 grand. I mean, it, it, it flies all over the place, and it just, there's no real rhyme or reason. But if a country is already economically in trouble, kind of makes sense to take the chance. Okay, that was a good podcast. All right, you can, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. I am building all my social media accounts, so I'm going to start the social media thing. Uh, and uh, trust me, it will not be pictures of my puppy or whatever. I don't have a puppy, but it won't be pictures of my kids or anything weird like that. Uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, YouTube, and Rumble. Don't forget to visit uh, Rumble and YouTube for my Dumbasses Talking Politics video shorts where I take a look at some videos from the internet and we talk about them a little bit. Uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. In case you don't believe me, I've got all of the links there so you can take a look at what's going on. I hope you enjoyed it. Happy Monday. Happy, uh, and yes, I'm going to say happy D-Day. And for all you veterans out there, God bless you. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.